This evening, it is all about the... The... And some of the... <laughs> Welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Yes, hello, good evening. And for some reason, everybody's walking around dressed up in masks and stuff like that. And that means that we have to do a Halloween special. As you might have guessed, I may not be too happy about this. But hello and welcome to Sunshine Radio at St. Mary's Hospital at the Isle of Wight. My name is Tosin and I'm going to be your host for the next hour as we go through a movie nostalgia trip. And today, in honor of Halloween, we are looking exclusively at... Horror movies. And all that stuff. Right, so what we're going to do this week is that we're going to actually have a couple of films. We have, like, I think this week we have a film that has been chosen as, well, it's known as one of the classics of the horror genre. We have another one that might not be that well known, but it has been remade into a new film and a lot of people talk about it. But before we go there, with me in the studio today are Sean. Oh, yeah. And Sharon. Hello. So, are you guys as excited about doing a, f a, a series of films just based <laughs> totally on horror movies as I am? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like horror movies. I do yeah. like my schlock and I like my horror. Um, I'm not into Halloween. That's a different thing as far as I'm concerned, but I am into <laughs> the horror. Yeah. For me, I am... Um, I, I I need to be scared. I've not seen a film that scared me. Well, maybe maybe one slightly did, but... I don't know if you call it a horror. But apart from that, I don't really get too scared. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. So, first of all, first up this week, we have uh, okay, we have a film that was picked. I think, Sharon, you picked this film. Yes. So, would you like to tell us what this film was, uh, what this film is, and why you picked it? This film is an undisputed classic. I mean, I would arm wrestle anyone who disagreed with me about this one. I am talking about, of course, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, okay. George A. Romero, 1970s. Vampire. No, sorry, I was going to say vampires. I know. <laughs> Zombies. There's even a zombie that looks like Odd Job. It's a perfect horror film in every way. Okay, okay. So tell me tell me a little bit about um, Dawn of the Dead. Set the scene for me. What, oh, set the scene for me. What's the story about and what makes it so classic? Dawn of the Dead is following the night of the living dead. So inexplicably, the living dead have started walking the earth. Well, they do put a little bit in the Bible from Revelation, which doesn't really make any sense. If you know your Bible, you know that they've taken it completely out of context. But it says something like, when the, when hell is full, then the dead will walk and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so the, 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 the dead have risen from their graves and are hungry for, for, for human flesh. And this is the dawn of the dead, is basically the night of the, the, the morning after the night before. And people are waking up to find that the world around them has changed. Yeah, and there's a group of people who, uh, from their different walks of life, one's like a television reporter, one's in the army. What well, I can't remember what the other one does. They're a couple of SWAT guys, aren't SWAT they? SWAT guys. They're both in the army then, and they uh, both police. Police were they? <laughs> I knew that they were sort of like trying to take down the zombie thing, and they got overrun, and so they all flee, and they end up in this massive shopping mall where they basically barricade themselves in because they've got everything they need there. They've got the food, they've got clothes, they've got weapons. This is an American shopping mall, and so they think they can survive there. And 
So this is a film you can listen. Look, I'll talk about the symbolism of different things later on. But if you look at the bare symbol, yeah, they've they've gone out into this shopping mall and they're like trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. Oh, okay. All right. So, Sean, I think you 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 share Sharon's enthusiasm <laughs> for this film, don't you? I love this movie. This movie is um is class. Um, yeah, it's uh, as I say, it starts off with the with the building, um, and there's like the SWAT team turns up. Everybody knows what. SWAT team are and they they go oh they've got loads of people in this building and um, of course some of the people still think they're they're okay and they break into this building and they just like get mobbed yeah so they decide that they two 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 of the policemen decide they're going to get out and they say we got to we got to leave the city that you we, can't yeah, win against these odds win. and there's a helicopter guy like a newsman and um, he he sort of picks them up and there's a really really good scene which I like where there's some normal policemen in a boat and they say, look, you know, we're gonna take the boat. Good luck to you guys, you know, and, and then they take off in the helicopter um, with the helicopters, guys, the pilot's girlfriend, these two SWAT guys, and they land at the sh on the roof of the shopping mall. And then they come up with the idea, like Sharon said, they're gonna... That they could make it into a base, yeah, that they could live there. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, because um, as you might have picked up already, I am not that hot on horror movies. I am not <laughs> that. Uh, they're not my favorite thing in the world, shall I say? And we'll talk a little bit about about why later. But um, so you're saying this is just Sharon. You're saying this is just a classic film, and I have to say that there there there's not much that would make me want to watch a horror movie. But in like while I was researching the show, I actually f I stumbled across the opening scenes of um, of Dawn of the Dead on YouTube. And it did pull me in. It's like, yeah. because it starts off with just like a shot of a woman's face and then she wakes up and then you're like, okay, what's going on? And they're all like in this thing. It looks like they're in some sort of TV, TV station. Yeah, so in a TV studio to start off with. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of like, you know, they're coming in and they're sharing like a jacket and I'm just, I'm watching, I'm going, okay, what's, I actually want to keep watching. I yeah. want to find out what's going on. If I didn't know that zombies were coming. If, if I didn't know zombies were coming, I, it, uh, I, the truth is that I might actually still go back and watch it just because of this, just because everybody raves about it. And you were alluding to something that I've heard a lot being said. You talked about symbolism, yes, Sharon. Yes, definitely symbolism. Okay, because, because, it, because yeah. with George A. Romero, everything I've heard about his films, even though I haven't brought myself to actually watch, sit all the way through one of his dead movies, is that... Um, is that for him the zombies seem to symbolize something else it wasn't just a zombie movie because hey zombies are cool and they eat people mm. it was like he had something else that he was he was some other point he was trying to make absolutely and i think it's not by chance that he chose like a shopping mall for them that should be their center and i think in some ways he compares like the zombie to modern society and how we are like sucked into this consumerism and how we blindly follow the crowd in the same ways that the zombies will just like herd together and follow their desire, which is to eat. We, as a society, do the same thing. We, we shop. We do the same things every day without really thinking about it. So we be, we lose our sense of individualism and we become like zombies in that this we just get sucked into this mad consumer world. Mm. And that the the real things, the, the things about surviving and being a real human being are not just about what you buy, what you own, what you look like. 
the meaning of life is more deep than that and so it does it does mirror society and that's saying think about what you do and often then the one and then the story it's quite clear that the reason the zombie we were talking about george a romero zombies here and they are quite particular okay and one of the characteristics of george a romero is that they don't completely forget their previous lives so they tend to return to some of their habits so in other films you see them like one of the one of the key zombies in another film he works in a petrol station and in this place, the petrol station, when the car drives in, it dings a bell. And mm-hmm. so even though he's dead and a zombie, every time he hears the bell ding, he walks out the front of the garage. He still lives in the garage. He stays there. So his previous life is still there. And he's saying that all these zombies start flocking towards the mail because they're doing what they used to do when they were alive. So it's actually... So it actually... <laughs> So it actually is a draw for them because it's it really, it's part of their old habit was just to go mindlessly shopping. So Instinct. The, the world collapses, but what remains? Capitalism. Capitalism, <laughs> yeah. And some of the things and the things that fall apart and the things that drive them mad ultimately when they're in the shopping centre are the things that they thought would be wonderful. The fact that they've got all these clothes and they've got everything, all the leisure activity, everything, all the toy shop, everything is there. And instead of it becoming their paradise, it becomes their trap. Mm. And so you see how they're turned from being thinking, we have everything we want here. The things they really want aren't there. <laughs> they've just got material things. That's all that they've got. Okay, that's all right. Brilliant analogy. Yeah, that, that very, very good analysis. <laughs> well very, done. You're making me think, oh, maybe I should go watch this film. But I like George A. Romero, and I think he, of the seven of the dead films, I think this is probably, I think this is undoubtedly the best. I have to agree. Oh, okay. All right. You you said earlier you used the words perfect horror movie. Yes. So why perfect horror movie? You've got a good protagonist, as in that you've sim- you sympathise with the lead characters. There's the female is Fran, and you identify with Fran. And then I don't always remember the names of the two guys. I think <laughs> Peter and Robert. Peter, Peter, Peter and, and Roger, Robert. rather. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And you identify with Peter because there's like one who you think is like the stronger character and one slightly weaker character. So you identify with them. The situation they're in. Um, it's almost like a love triangle but not it doesn't it's not actually realised but you get the feeling like one woman two men there's like a love triangle there so you've got the interpersonal three tension men. oh there is at one point there's three men three and then men, it becomes yeah. two men and a lady <laughs> no <laughs> babies it's like two men and one lady and a zombie <laughs> there is humour in it there's like they get attacked by this motorcycle gang at one point and then you've got like bikers versus zombies versus the survivors and then you've got these little vignettes of these individual um zombies like there's one i call like the odd job zombie who looks like odd job from carry on screaming because he's got this really built up head this massive head and he walks into the rotor blades of the helicopter and so obviously you see his head being chopped off but they obviously have this prosthetic head so his head is like yeah, twice the height normal so he does look like odd job and then you've got wait, like wait, wait wait odd job i thought that was from james bond i think they use the same name in carry on screaming okay cool yeah. gotcha okay it's something like that. Is he called yeah. Odd Job and Carry On Screaming? Yeah. But there's like a, there's other yeah, there's characters, a, and there's like a nurse. There's a nurse. There's a cheerleader. Cheerleader, nurse. <laughs> yeah. And I love it because some of the makeup is really good. And I found out later that they had a professional makeup artist, but then George Romero got some of his mates to do the makeup. So because just to fill to do yeah, the, all the zombie okay. makeup so you get really good zombies and then in the background you see the zombies where it's like a woman who really badly puts on her foundation <laughs> you see the line around her chin yeah. so these guys have got like zombie vases but they've got like pink necks and you see like a line where the green and the blue <laughs> meet the pinky neck and they've got green hands but then their wrists and their arms are like normal flesh yeah. colored so if you're like me and I, I always look for the neck 
in all these vampire films when they're supposed to be really pale I'm thinking like what's his neck like <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you've got some quite a few where you think yeah you were done by the good guys and you were done by his mates <laughs> with a tin of your hand you know face uh, makeup <laughs> okay so so when you talk about horror movie perfect horror movie because a question I always ask that I always ask and I even ask this in some of the interviews that you're going to hear earlier it's like why watch horror movies what's the, what's the big deal about them so you're saying that in this horror movie that there is for you when you say it's a perfect horror movie is it like what the characters is yeah and you you're scared but you're safe when you're scared I think that's the thing about horror movies is you're watching them from a position of safety but you're, <laughs> because you know you are, you're not going to have a zombie walking in your house so, but you also put yourself in that situation you also ask yourself the question what would I do oh you th- you say you're not going to have a zombie walking in your house but I know that the, nowadays the zombie apocalypse is like a thriving yeah. industry yeah so everyone has their zombie apocalypse plan don't they Indeed. I bought that for, for Christmas one year. I was given the A to Z of Zombie Survival Guide. Oh, that's so cool. That's such a good book. So I know my, I'm, you know, I'm Yeah, gonna, we do. I'm yeah. ready. We have to get together yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get together we for have the our zombie, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> okay, so, so but, but with that, right, um, so you're, you're you're delightfully scared, but you're safe at the same time. Okay, so okay, then, yeah. So okay, let's talk a little bit about the legacy of this film or the influence of it. How influential is it? Hugely influential, I think. I think it's, yeah, the zombie film, as it, we know it today, wouldn't exist without George Romero's Of the Dead films. Okay. I think Walking Dead wouldn't exist as we have it yeah, today. Because because when you're saying that, I don't watch Walking Dead for... I watch it every week. Yeah, it's brilliant. Two or three times I watch it. <laughs> but but I, I remember seeing the first episode of Walking Dead, and the first episode of Walking Dead has quite a bit set around a shopping mall. Yes. Or something like that. People getting onto a roof and like zombies attacking this building and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Which sounds a little bit Dawn of the Dead. Yes, it is. So, so I, yeah, big so influence, sure, yeah. I think. It's a huge influence. Yeah, yeah huge influence. And there's on, a bit. On, as, all, yeah. I mean, they're the, the the what everybody thinks of as a zombie. That's the, George yeah. from George A. Romero. And George, he was very keen on the slow moving zombie. Oh yeah. He wasn't. They're not the rock, the zombies who run anywhere. These are the ones that are slow, but they're um they're relentless. They they're on instinct, aren't they? It's just yeah. pure instinct, really. So they will mass, and they're like, but they won't ever stop. They're the Terminator. So you could say the Terminator is influenced by the zombies because he's unrelenting and he won't stop, and he doesn't think for himself. He just follows his instinct or his programming. In this, yeah. so you've got this. There, they just cannot be negotiated with. They cannot be persuaded to do anything other than be what they are. They are unrelenting hmm. that's, that's great that's awesome. <laughs> with the Terminator there's that bit in there where, where he's trying yeah, to say he to will going, not stop and he will not stop he doesn't feel remorse he doesn't exactly yeah. neither do the zombie no that's interesting actually, that is actually quite interesting I'm just I'm just reimagining the Terminator as a zombie movie in my head now <laughs> <laughs> only that now you, you just so got these are one zombie yeah I think there may not be a direct influence but you can see how these things will filter through into the, the into the minds of these writers and the people who write these films today or who wrote the films in like the 80s would have been certainly aware of the the legacy that because George Romero started his zombie films in the late 60s yeah so anyone who making films in the 80s would have been aware of the canon of George Romero so so we're saying that this is a it's a so okay because obviously now when you hear a zombie movie you just think gore you think a whole bunch of zombies walking around, killing a whole bunch of people, yeah. eating them up, all that kind of stuff, yeah. and you just think gore. So it's but you, from what you're saying, it sounds like George Romero had 
he had something behind it. Yeah, it was, he so, so I'm guessing these films are gory. Yeah, there's some gore in it. I don't think they're particularly gory, no, but there is some gore in it. Yeah. We're used to so much more sort of sauce and buckets pink of stuff, blood and stuff. Like, there's not a lot of that, but it is quite scary in that you know people get trapped and you get that tension building and the music adds to that sense of tension. <laughs> there's one bit I, I like <laughs> with the, the the incidental music of the supermarket because. Funny you should mention oh, that. Funny okay. you should mention that. Are you talking about? Hang on a second. Let me see if I can get this. Yeah, there was because and they're just sort of all walking around at the shops. Yes, that's the one. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's it. You got it. Picture a zombie wandering around yeah. the shopping centre to this. This is this is just a, a deserted shopping centre except for zombies, which are all just moving around to the music, and some of them even like fall into the car, and one falls into the pond. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> because it, when I was looking around for music for this film, and when this showed up, I was kind of like, wait a second, this is the, this immediately once I hear this song in a zombie movie makes me think that the guy who made it is playing around with something yeah. oh definitely yeah There's they, they try like trying to get off and on the escalator and they're like <laughs> all falling yeah. about and stuff and falling over it's quite quite yeah. interesting it's about there's about good two three minutes of just zombies doing what zombies do and <laughs> making mistakes you know yeah. and well, there's one guy who's like almost dancing with a mannequin he's sort of looking at this mannequin you know with a so yeah. is this is this kind of like going back to your uh, to the point that Sharon was making earlier yeah, about exactly. essentially the zombies are just like what human beings are like like look at these zombies in the in a shopping mall that's it not much that's, difference yeah they're holding a mirror up to us saying these are the zombies now actually put yourself there you know how, how different are we in the way we behave yeah that's it exactly there's some funny bits in that oh, there's there's a, a, I think yeah. there's some really funny stuff <laughs> there, there is especially when the there's one of the zombies the one that falls in the pool he picks up the money because obviously people have thrown in their pennies and things and yeah. he just sort of he's picked, he sort of picks up handful of money and looks at them and drops them and picks up you know <laughs> just like ooh money that's sat in this <laughs> sat in yeah. this pool I think that's with the the Romero zombies obviously they have this Instinct. this vestige of what they're used to they're, it's like part of that zombie someone's like saying I know this used to mean something, but I can't remember what it means. Mm. Mm. Actually, there's uh, what was the one after that? The Day of the Dead, yeah. Day of the Dead. Because there's a, a, a that's yeah, sort a of that takes place. It's a soldier, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a, a soldier, soldier, and he, when he actually gets hold of the gun, he's like, "Oh, I recognise this." He remembers this, this mm. yeah. They do. That. They have this like this vestige of what they used to be. Be mm. yeah. So uh, okay, that's cool. It sounds okay. Romero, Romero might not just because when you're saying this, it's making me. Thinking about films that also have shopping malls and zombies in them, uh, Sean and I, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, The Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials. Terrible film. Oh, awful. <laughs> but, but they do have a bit where they go to a shopping mall and then a whole bunch of zombies come out. They do, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, fast zombies. Oh, I haven't seen The Scorch yeah. Trials. I would, I would say they're the um, I Am Legend zombies. Oh, the fast, the, yeah, the fast one with no hair you know, yeah, yeah because i think of the, the sort of fast zombies the first time i remember seeing that was in um 28 days later 28 yes. days later yeah that's, a, that's later. a good movie and they're yeah. not technically zombies but they are in the zombie canon we'll accept Z- them as zombies, part of the zombie zombies canon. slash infection movies yes so yeah. it's what they it's what they i think they've started calling them now because they're essentially zombies but yeah. they're just not called zombies yeah so someone should have to say look there's the different mythology like vampires how many different vampire type uh, mythologies we had it's the same thing with a zombie. There are different like mythologies of how the zombies came to be. Yeah, yeah, I know. and how they behave. I know we're doing a Halloween, but let's just leave the vampires alone. Yeah. 
don't even want to know what they've become nowadays. They've gone from scary to just annoying. <laughs> Same with werewolves. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, 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 pretty much so. Okay, cool. So anything else to say on Dawn of the Dead? Go and see it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. As I say, it's not too much gore. And if you've it's ever disliked Burt Reynolds, you get your, he gets his comeuppance in this film. <laughs> does he? Yeah. He does in, this, in the new one. He does in this one as well. Does he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Does he? Oh, right, okay. Or am I thinking oh. of the remake? You're thinking of the remake, I think. Okay, cool. We're all off to go find out what exactly happens to Burt, Burt Reynolds, Reynolds when, he, yeah. when you mix Burt Reynolds and zombies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, now, usually, usually on this show, uh, this would be the section of the show where we would go into the hospital, we would speak to a whole bunch of patients, and would ask them um, two questions. What the first one they ever saw in the cinema was, and also what their favorite film of all time was. This being a Halloween week, I thought maybe not. So <laughs> instead, what we have here is that we have, um, I walked into a shop in Newport, into a florist, and asked the two ladies there what the earliest, what was the earliest film that they can remember that freaked them out? Now, this is what we heard. This is what they said about the earliest film that they remember that freaked them out. Anything like that. I just, I hate anything like that. No, see, I'd rather have like Cinderella or Disney, something nice and pretty, not something horrible. Yeah. I don't do scary films. I watched Red Bull last night. <laughs> okay, cool. So you don't do you don't do scary films. <laughs> Sorry, did you do you recorded that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Haley, how about you? What was the first film that ever freaked you out? Probably uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Two, one and two. Ooh, Wes Craven. Huh? Wes Craven, he's the director. He's the same guy who did like the Scream movies and did like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff oh. like that. Okay, what what chat about the Hills Have Eyes? What scares me about it? Yeah. I don't know, they're just freaky looking. <laughs> they rape women and make them give birth and take your children away. I don't know. So after watching the first one, why did you go watch the second one? <laughs> it intrigued me. <laughs> I've seen all the human centipedes as well. All three. I've got two of them on DVD. Black and white one. Why? Number two is in black and white. It's so gory. Oh, good God. Why? Mm. Don't know. Okay, so why do you watch horror movies? They just freak me out. I don't know. I watch them, but they scare me. <laughs> so, do you like do you like being scared? No, because I hate masks. And from like face paint and masks, when I freak out. So if I go out on Halloween, I'll freak. But you still go and watch much. You still watch horror yeah. movies. Yeah. I guess it's just like the sensation of like and hiding behind a pillow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you might just have been able to hear myself like the incredulity. And <laughs> <laughs> like what? What? You can't stand Halloween. You can't. You can't stand masks. And you watch horror movies. This doesn't make any sense. But um, also, I think that there was some. Stuff that George A. Romero would have been proud of there. We're s talking about scary movies while people are in the back trying to buy some flowers for a wedding. Flowers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was it. The florist. The yeah. So thank you, Sue. Thank you, Sue and um, and Haley from Doris Pink's florist in Newport for, for for accommodating me as I walked in with a recording device. I shoved it in their faces. So there. <laughs> the florist always reminds me of Phoebe. <laughs> Little shop of horrors. Little shop of horrors. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, there, Sharon, she mentioned a couple because I think Haley is actually quite a bit of a horror movie she enthusiast. She knows her horror, yeah. 
Yeah, and she, so she mentioned the hills have eyes and your eyes sort of like, you know, just sort of went, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm assuming it's the remakes and not the original. Because she said there's one and two. One and two, so I think yeah, she probably she's, means she's, the remakes. Because yeah. there were remakes, because there was one in the 70s. 70s version. I was thinking of the 70s one. Yeah. Because there's that really that. freaky looking actor, isn't there, who's often... Yeah, I forget his name. the face of Kevin this mutant guy. Yeah. yeah, he's truly terrifying. Yeah, there's... Uh, he looks I, a bit like one of my brother's mates, <laughs> and they tease him that he's the guy from the Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody that's bold, i got a mate as well. Pete, that's the same. We say, oh, yeah, he's from the Hills. Hills no, I'm blooming not. Yeah. And there used to be a band. There used to be a band called the Flying Pickets, and there was a yeah, guy in there. Yeah, there was a guy on there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he was. Yeah, he was. Um, he, he he appeared in quite a few horror movies. <laughs> I'll be back for you later. If you're like a bold mutant, then yeah. you're typecast, pal. So so you got the original, and the original is is quite good. Basically, though though the original, I talk a little about the original, and then I mean yeah. I haven't. I think I've only seen one of the remakes, but the original. It's basically it's it's out in the Nevada desert. Yeah, where they've done all the nuclear and experiments. Done nuclear experiments the, the and basically, yeah. this little town had survived with the people, but obviously there'd been a lot of they become mutation, mutated, yeah. And they had all names like I seem to remember Pluto and mm. Mercury and and all like, and basically they these, these people go on holiday, don't they? Yeah, people the do travelling through the desert. They kidnap them, yeah. don't they? Kill, yeah. kill, and kill and kidnap, torture and. As you and said, stuff. and other things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. That maybe in the remake, I don't know, but in the, it's not. There's not so much blood or anything in it. It's more. I think the original is more creepy. It's more creepy because people just yeah. get disappeared. Don't yeah, they? disappeared. Because it's like a seventy. It's seventies, and it seems yeah, like the, it was a lot less schlocky and a lot more sort of like yeah. psychological. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think was it a video nasty? Did it become a video no, nasty? No, that wasn't. No, that wasn't actually a video nasty. Because before one. they actually labelled mm. things as video nasties, I saw most of these films when I was yeah. like twelve. Yeah. And I think they did probably harm my psyche quite deeply. At the time. No, no, no. That was never. That was never on the list. That was never uh, on the list. Yeah, and and also she also mentioned the human centipede. But the less said about that, the better. Yeah. No, I haven't seen any of those, and I don't. And I, I don't do even. Not intend. I'd like to erase even the premise from my memory. I, I, when uh, I heard about them, I was like, "That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard." It annoys me that I even know these films exist. Yes, exactly. It really, I, really horrible. does. I think it's an age thing because she sounded fairly young. So if you are, but with the younger generation. That seems to. I mean, it's like my like like my daughter, seventeen. She she loves horror films, but she's like, whoa. And I think perhaps it's an age thing as well. When yeah. when you, you know, oh, we've got to see these horror films. We've got to be scared. Like a because they a, keep pushing the barriers yeah. of what good taste or almost the coming in of age. You've like, got to see whoa. horror movies to be scared. What do you reckon is a bit like? Is it a bit like you know that scene in Rebo Without a Cause where they're driving towards a driving towards a <laughs> cliff yeah. and see who's gonna get out, who's gonna <laughs> stay chicken. in it, who, who's gonna chicken out first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go watch this film. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it until they see uh, who, who's chicken it. Yeah. I think modern teenagers they've got things like the Saw films, the Oof. paranormal Oof. activity Oof. films. Yeah. These are not the horror films that you know we had in the seventies and eighties. Okay. Oh. I think that's I think was like the heyday of the good. Original okay, horror. you see, okay, now this is the point that I'm trying to get at. This is the thing that gets me. As somebody who's not a big fan of horror, I don't understand how, well, if you, if you pardon the term, you can get a bit snobbish about horror movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of like you're saying, oh, look at this, oh, they're just cutting people up into bits. No, we weren't back in the day when it was, and I'm thinking, they it's, don't it's make all, them like they used to. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. This is the premise of the show coming to coming back to bite me. But still, still, I don't understand this horror thing. You see, like, the, the thing is with me, horror. Sorry to come in here. Is, I mean, those schlocky horrors, the ones, the monstery type horrors. Yeah. They don't really scare me. The, the the films that scare me, oh, I mean, and it takes a lot to scare me, are the ones where you never really see anything. Real sort the of psychological, the, the ones. psychologically type ones where there's something there. Um, 
I there's know, a film that really freaked me here. out was the haunted one that haunted house one that haunted house with yeah. julie harris yeah freaked me out completely yeah, and then nothing totally. happened nothing you nothing, don't see a thing no, you don't see a thing but it's just like oh look i got goosebumps oh dear well then is I, I will agree with you i do think that it's more effective when you don't show anything yeah. than when you do sh- I, I mean i think i think the same i think there's a lot with this a lot of stuff in film like for instance when it comes to nudity I'm actually thinking. I think sometimes it's a lot more effective when you don't show stuff than when yeah. you when you do show mm-hmm. stuff. So, I, so that bit I can understand. That bit, I can, but I just don't understand, like you know. Um, I mean, I think back to the zombie thing. For me, why why I like zombies, why perhaps Sharon likes zombies, is that it's a shoot 'em up as well. So it's a bit <laughs> like a, it's like a, there is yeah, a western. There, there's a western theme, you know. So it's a big shoot 'em up because you can do lots of shooting. And as you know, I like my. <laughs> I like machine maps. <laughs> okay, after me, I do like I I do like zombie comedies, like um like Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, things like that, like Zombieland. Zombieland, I thought was quite funny. Oh, I thought Zombieland was excellent. Yeah, I thought I thought Zombieland was excellent, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with that shoot 'em up aspect. Yeah. And it, it's kind of almost like a because they treat them almost like video games. Like there's just this. Yeah, like endless, the rules of the endless rules supply, of yeah, endless <laughs> supply of things to shoot. Yeah, and and I mean. I mean, there's, there's, there were some great scenes in it with um, who's the famous actor? Bill Murray. Bill Murray, where oh, he goes, yeah. he's like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, and he goes, oh no, he's gone, oh no, not yet. <laughs> it's great. And you yeah, see that, his house, and every yeah, yeah. picture in the house is of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing is, I think it's you know, those those sort of things I like it when people play with those. And uh, uh, but on the, I know I was just going to ask, like, you know, what was the earliest film? What was the earliest film that you saw? that like really really freaked you out like she was talking uh, so um, yeah go ahead for me well go I'm going to have to say that it was a film with Deborah Kerr and I don't know if you classed it as horror but it was called The Innocence based on the turn of the screw the turn of the screw yeah. yeah based on the turn of the screw that really freaked me out where it's just like piano playing and um, and there's that famous bit with Quint where he just sort of appears at the window and it's just like and that's really psychological as well but that 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 still affects me yeah still works yes yeah, i do works. remember the haunt. i can't remember if it's called the haunting or the house on haunted hill it's, a, it's based on the same story but again it's julie harris who was in the james dean films mm. in the 50s and she goes as part of this experiment into this haunted house and all it all you hear is things like her inner voice talking mm-hmm. and then at one point where she's like lying on the bed and it's like is that a hand is that a cold hand is that a hand? And, and you can feel that's, her that's tension the house on the haunted like, hill yeah because she the says the tension oh, is like cranking mm. and cranking and cranking up oh, but you see nothing that's right oh thanks for holding my hand last night oh i didn't you know and it's like <laughs> yeah that type of stuff and there's just like the creaking door it is the creaking door and the the footstep outside and then there's no one there i seem to remember is there like a face in the bedpost or something yeah or just something and you don't know it's, yeah. you don't know if you've imagined it or it's there because it yeah. never dwells on anything nope. and so sometimes you may see a shadow and you think was that a shadow, yeah. or was that something in the shadow? And you never, you, and it never tells you. You never know. It leaves you completely freaked out. Yeah, yeah. And I it's like black that. and white and creaking, <laughs> and it's, but it's I think for pro- like really getting those hairs on your neck standing up and freaking you out. That works. Because mm-hmm. I think the most recent film that really really freaked me out is probably The Ring. Okay. And I watched the remake of that, and I watched it at the cinema, and it's one of, probably one of the last films that gave me nightmares mm-hmm. as an adult, where I woke up just seeing that girl's face <laughs> and thinking, this is seriously creepy. And so I tended to steer clear of a lot of those sort of Chinese, Japanese remake of those those Oriental horrors, because I thought, no, that's coming from a different mindset. I don't understand the mindset of these things, so I can't just dismiss them as, yeah, this is coming from this culture, this is coming from this religious point of view it was all different and to me that was just like freaked me out completely uh, 
Yeah, I think earliest film that I saw that I remember freaking me out was Reanimator. Uh, oh, I remember seeing it. Yeah, as a teenager. Yeah, I, I saw this. I saw this. I must have been about seven. I was studying Sean earlier, and I came in not watching the beginning of the film, not understanding what the heck was going on, and all I saw was the bit where some guy cuts off another guy's head yeah. and then injects it with something, and then the head wakes up, and then the body comes. That as as he's talking to this head that's woken up, the body gets up from the floor behind him and knocks him out, <laughs> and then he and, then, I, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And the next thing you know, he's like walking into a hospital with his head in a bag his body's carrying and he has like this head and there's a bit where they have a woman and they're trying to do something to the woman on an operating table and she frees her hand from like a restraint and slaps the head of this thing and then the head falls off and she's just she's this head in a bag and i'm like what the ah! <laughs> until today those images are still in my head yeah, still and, there and i think that was probably at the moment where i thought yeah i'm not watching horror movies <laughs> it was like no, no watch. i think i got caught up with the whole thing of everybody had to watch nightmare on elm street and yes. you had to and it became like a machismo thing about what you could watch and everything after a while i was just like no no forget it cannot be it can, cannot be doing with this this get no no just leave me alone out of my way actually quite randomly one of the things as a child that really really scared me was one episode of star trek the original series that used to scare me to death and it was the one about jack the ripper there's one where they're on this planet and there's like this and they have the legend of like Jack the Ripper mm -hmm. and it's like the two little lights it's an alien or something and I can't even remember the denouement so to me well that was why it stayed in my head I remember them saying it's Jack the Ripper in space and he's still there and he's never been caught and <laughs> even though they've now identified him they think don't they through DNA the, at the time it was just still to me and that, that gave me nightmares for weeks after I watched that episode of Star Trek mm. Again, it's that not there's no resolution to it. Like with the ring, there's no proper resolution. So I think still today, those things where it's not resolved at the end is what yeah. slightly freaks me out. Yeah, I think if, even if it's not a horror movie, if there's no resolution, it's just kind of like, what, why? What is it? There's something unfulfilling about that. Yeah, but. and you just take it with you. You take all those creepy feelings, you just carry them with you at the cinema. I remember yeah. seeing one scary film with a friend of mine. He's like six foot two, really tall, athletic, but he lived on his own. In, quite a, in, a night, in, a, in a quiet rural area and he said he, he said I went home that night and I checked behind the doors because <laughs> I was just slightly just because he didn't like horror films at all but he went to see one with me and when he, yeah, he called me the next day saying you know, I checked behind the door before I locked up and I, before I went in the house I checked to make sure there was no one there and this was a in a man in his thirties. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I understand. I'm with him. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you have anything else to say about that? Um, well, um, yeah. I, I, as I say, I've never really been scared too much. I mean, I have to say that I, they don't really. I've not. I'm. I'm still waiting for something to really, really scare me. I mean. I went to see. What did I go and see? Oh, yeah, Men in, a Woman in Black too. Is it Woman in Black? Yeah, you yeah, hated that. Didn't you? Absolutely hated it. So lucky that I was just in there with Joe, and we were we just heckled the movie. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't go up there. Don't touch that. Oh look, what's coming from the corner? Don't look into the mirror. That's the thing about some horror films. You start saying to them, "Why would you do the stupidest yeah, thing?" Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Why, why, why not turn on the lights or something? Why yeah, go in why? real slowly? There's Get the hell out of there! There's you? a creepy Surely. doll in that room, and it's doing strange things. Why don't go in there? Yeah, I must <laughs> check out. Don't check in the room upstairs, will you? Don't go upstairs. Oh, I bet. Oh, there's a noise. You know what? I think I'm going to check the room. Yeah, upstairs. I'm going to check the room upstairs. <laughs> there's a noise. There's loads of people been disappeared or 
killed or whatever, and then they let's go on holiday. Yeah, then. let's go on holiday. Yeah, let's take my small children to. Let's this get place. the hell out yeah. of there. It's like EastEnders. Who'd want to live in Warford? Hey, I'd be gone. <laughs> you know? how, would you, how would you live in a place like that? Jeez. It's like, <laughs> I'd say, oh, this is, don't, don't like, like this place. There's too yeah. much going yeah. on. Let's but just let's move to Peckham and yeah, just <laughs> move to Peckham or Tooting back. Yeah, yeah, because that's the funny thing, as I like say with EastEnders, because especially today of Wikipedia and everything like that, people are about to say, Walford, oh, that person died, that person died, that person suffered, that person died, and then killed that person to cover the track. That person. <laughs> on at my street, it'd be awful, wouldn't it? You'd be like, yeah, your rating, at safety rating, get out of it. <laughs> but, but they all talk low, don't they? And shut the door on your way out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> get away from my missus. <laughs> yeah, get away from my missus. How dare you? Oh no! <laughs> don't say nothing, Cheryl, will you? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. You obviously watch EastEnders. No, I don't. I just remember when it was first on. But I have to sometimes if I go and and visit people, it's like a you know, oh, I've got to watch EastEnders. Oh, no, please. There was, a, and I, I seen watched it for years. So I'm I remember sorry. there was one one Christmas, and it? it was a big family do. And um, you know that's going to go horribly. It was wrong. a few years ago now, and I know something was somebody was going to. You know, something terrible is going to happen. And I, I've got a wig and a knife. And just as they, they were all sitting around there, aunties, uncles, all that, and I ran into the front room and went, like that. Right. <laughs> no one jumped. They all just looked at me with disdain and said, shut up. <laughs> we're watching Stenders. Yeah, yeah. So, no, the, that's a okay. horror film in all of its own. Well, yeah. no, EastEnders, right, because... Don't tell me you watch it, Tony. No, no, I don't watch oh, EastEnders. Okay. I, don't, I, I don't do soaps. But Sorry to anybody who likes EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do soaps, but I remember there was a time when um, a friend, well, so some friends of I when we were living together, and we were it was like you know our friends Yatish and Tom, and we used to we used to sit down and watch EastEnders, and we used to play who's gonna get killed next, uh-huh. or who's gonna <laughs> die next, and we were pretty much uh, after a while we we're like oh my word we're just way too accurate about this we're not watching this thing, and uh, and how they had the whole thing where every single Christmas something bad will happen yeah. in that square, yeah, yeah. and I remember there was this one Christmas where they had the Christmas episode, and nobody died. And it, it, ended, it ended up it ended it all happy and it ends up with people coming out of the Queen Vic and it starts snowing and they're all dancing around the square and you're like, what the heck's going I thought this was EastEnders. <laughs> and I was like, no, some, they've got something up their sleeve. Sure enough, New Year's episodes, it was about a whole bunch of people stuck up a, stuck up a mountain in Scotland freezing to death. And I was like, yeah, there it, it is. There, that's the that's setup, the the setup and the knockdown. All right, cool. Now we're going to go on to a uh, suggestion that has been made by somebody who says he, he doesn't want to be known so we decided to call him Kaiser Sose it's, uh-huh. it's Dan but <laughs> and he suggested the Robert Wise movie The Haunting okay, okay. you guys know that film? Uh, I'm trying to think uh, there's yeah. a lot of them are called very similar things so yeah, tell me what the plot is I don't know but <laughs> it's like it's a, so it's The Haunting and The House on Haunted Hill were released around about the same time yeah. yeah, we strung about the same time, so that's why when you were talking about like you know the Julie Harris film, I was like, oh okay, yeah, we still got this film coming up, we still got this coming up, but we have got some audio from the first, um, from the beginning of the film, which from, I think there's a couple of versions, isn't there? House yeah. on Haunted Hill. Oh no, no, this is the haunting, the haunting, the oh, haunting, right, okay. and this is it's uh it's the haunting, and it's 1963, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, and. We, uh, but I know that this is something that look, I know Joe. It was remade a while back with I know both House of Haunted Hill and The Haunting were remade in the yeah. same year, 
One had like Liam Neeson, one had like Catherine Neeson, Zeta-Jones. Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Lily Taylor and Owen Wilson, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah, they were in the remake. And it was one of these things, you know, you, talk, you know how you talk about how um, things get shown and how things don't get shown and yes. how not showing stuff is actually scarier than showing things. Yeah. So I think when they made, when they remade the, when they remade the film, they essentially, uh, it was a case of, okay, we have all these computer graphics now we can do stuff yeah we can we have can ghosts do, yeah, yeah and we can do and people are like um you've just ruined it yeah. <laughs> because this they're like you've ruined it because the whole point was that you didn't see anything yeah. and wait in house of haunted hill did they have vincent price did he invite everybody yes, into a house that was, yes. that was in the original that was the house, that was on house haunted of haunted hill, hill. yes that was yeah that okay, wasn't like the because yeah the, I think the haunting the original haunting that I was thinking of was the one where they do like this they know it's a haunted house so they do this like paranormal study they're all people from that like, university who go there to record things okay <laughs> all right cool in a second but let's okay I'm gonna play this and see if it jugs anything memory wise for you guys right the opening bit opening credits of the haunting. the kind some people call haunted, is like an undiscovered country waiting to be explored. Hill House had stood for 90 years and might stand for 90 more. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and whatever walked there walked alone. So that is from the beginning of the haunting, and I think this is actually the film you guys were talking about earlier with Julie Harris. Well, the it, yes, with Julie Harris. It does feel like it because as soon as I heard that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's that one. Was, was Vincent Price in that as well? No, Vincent Price was no, not I didn't in this think one. He was, he was in, in the other one. Yeah, so I might I might struggle a bit with this one. Then. Oh, but Miss Moneypenny was Ooh. Lois Maxwell. Oh right, yes, the, the original Miss Moneypenny. Yeah, it's one of the the people who are doing the study, this sort of paranormal study. Okay, so so what's happening in this film? If, I'm, if my memory serves, I mean, obviously I haven't researched it. If my memory serves, there's a group of people who've gone into this notorious haunted house mm-hmm. to see if they can find any evidence for it. So they go and set up recording, you know, of the of its day, recording tapes and things to, to play at night and to, to see if there's any temperature changes and things like that. And people then stay and record their observations in different parts of the house. Yeah. And I think Julie Harris is one of those people who are there to debunk the myth of these hauntings and then end up getting drawn into the the sinisterness of this house that it sort of seems to come out of the very bricks and mortar. There's this like sinister presence that they never see but they feel. Ah. So yeah, that it's yeah, this bad deeds or whatever's happened is is just ingrained in the very stones that the house is built on it's all to do with houses maybe it's about you know because houses or buildings or supermarkets or shopping malls they're all <laughs> they're all gonna hang around somewhere and you're gonna have people there who live there yeah people live there maybe some strange things happen people who live there and, and i guess i guess the whole thing because okay so part of what i think actually 
the, uh, it's a bit of a trope in horror is somebody who is experiencing something and goes and tells everybody that this is what's happening but nobody believes them and yes yeah nobody believes it's a bit like you know it's like oh my god the doll the doll's doing stuff people are like oh for goodness sake shut up it's just a doll yeah and i think i think that's the thing with the house as well is the fact that people will be like it's a house it's standing there what do you mean that the picture spoke to you it's just a house yeah <laughs> and that there's always like a slightly hysterical woman and there's like saying no it's just you're just being hysterical missus you're not you haven't seen that felt that saw that you've you're just being a bit hysterical. there's something wrong with you yeah 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 is they go have a brandy or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's have a couple of aspirin, yeah. sit down. Uh, the funny thing I find about this film is that I, uh, this is a film that is spoken about very often in sort of, oh my God, one of the scariest movies of all time, all yeah. that kind of stuff. This is what I... And I think it is it is sort of the seen as a classical haunted house movie. Yes. The classical haunted house movie that if you're going to make a movie about a haunted house, this is how you should do it. But don't do it like this because this has already been done and we're all going to know what you ripped off. So, yeah. so and the black and white it helps, but the fact that I it think is black, black and white, and white. Is, I think black and white movies have a certain, I don't know, because you don't see the shadows. Harness. The shadows can be. You think is there something in the shadows? Is there not something in the shadows? And it's all shades, isn't it? Of, of I think I think black and white and works. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, I, th- I think so because even have you heard of the film The Mist? Yes, The Mist, the Frank Darabont movie based on a Stephen King uh, novella. Yeah. So this was a film that was released a while back on Frank Darabont. It was released in 2005 or something like that. And he wanted to make it in black and white because he would, especially for this, he was like, look, it's all about paranoia. It's all about claustrophobia. And that comes across a lot better in black and white than it does in color. Yeah. And the studio was like, oh, no, no, no. We've got to release it in, we've got to release it in color. Now, this is, a, and I bought the film on because I wanted to see, because everybody spoke about this amazing black and white version. And I watched it in, uh, so I had it on DVD, watched it in color and it freaked me out so much that I just sold the DVD and got it out of my house. <laughs> really? So yeah, I never, got, I never got around to watching the black and white version because I was like, no, yeah, no, I've seen no, enough. no, no. Really? Like, really? Yeah, no. Yeah. Honestly, man, the mist freaked the heck out of me. Yeah, it really, really did. Well, and Frank Darabont, of course, is the man behind Walking the Dead. Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. And Carol from The Walking Dead is in the mist. It's She's one of the main characters. She's completely kick-ass in it. You to see, use I, the, the vernacular, but yeah, she. You're one of her first screen appearances. Melissa McBride was in the mist. All right. Okay. Wow. You see now, I don't, I don't even watch The Walking Dead, so I don't even know who Carol is. But <laughs> anyone she, who knows The Walking Dead knows Carol. Carol's great. I mean, she started off a real, real sort of weaky, wussy sort of person, yeah. didn't she? And then she's just turned into like this kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So okay, so if they made The Walking Dead in black and white, would. That <laughs> I don't know if that would work. They had, they did have a partially black and white episode last week, where they did all the flashback scenes they did in black and white, partly as an homage to those older horror films. But yeah. It did give it that sort of a slight air about it. The fact that some scenes were in black and white, it did work. Yeah. And the director, there was oh, there's a thing called the Talking Dead, which after each episode they have a panel yeah, of people yeah, 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 come yeah. in and talk about it. And they were saying that the director really wanted to do the whole episode in black and white, just to do a black and white episode. <laughs> but they only did they, there was like a flashback thing so they did all the flashbacks in black and white yeah. and it did give it that that mm. different atmosphere well I do I do uh, I do agree that black and white does bring something to the horror movie it, do, it does bring something it's sort of like to the horror the intrigue I think it, what you're saying about the shadows definitely mm. um, because I think that's 
sorry when you think about film noir and all that kind of stuff i think it also it's because it's possible to make a film noir in color but it just seems like black and white is its home yes it's yeah. black and white is its home and i think uh, there's certain things like haunted house movies i think black and white are their home it is yes. their home although the funny thing about this movie the haunting people say oh one of the scariest movies of all time directed by the same guy who directed sound of music i know <laughs> it's, it's madness isn't it i know just like but again it taps into human emotion doesn't it and that's the fact that human um in the sound of music it taps into that joy yeah of living this too taps into the hand and hammer that is the fear of living as well people are, are scaredy cats in many ways and they're also so part of bracing life they also run from it so you've got both elements of life there haven't you <laughs> Oh my word! So just, just Robert Wise. Do you reckon he just went like, let's see, we're gonna go through all the human emotions, and I'm gonna make a yeah. film about the joy, film about the fear, film about the but yeah, think about those things that you know we don't acknowledge. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go, th- gonna go through his, his filmography and go, okay, that's the joy film. This is, this is his joy it's... phase. This is, oh, I wonder whether he ever made a zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. That would have been a good one. <laughs> Robert Wise, the zombie Robert movie. Robert Wise, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So the that's the hunting dawn. And now, now we come onto one what is something which is one of our it's one of the, the it's one of the topics we find ourselves always gravitating back towards on this show. And that is the thorny issue of remakes. Now, we have a sh- we have a section on this show called The Exception to the Rule. The rule being that they don't make them like they used to. And so now we have an exception to say we're going to talk about a film made after 1980 that is still good enough to be carried up in the... Well, spoken about in the same breath as the films that came before 1980. And we have a... Okay, Sean, you're just itching towards <laughs> the microphone. Here, man, yeah, itching towards the microphone. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what film it is that we're going to talk about in our exception to the rule section? This week? <laughs> okay, the exception to the rule. Um, this week is the remake, the 2005 remake of Dawn of the Dead. <gasps> There's a surprise. Uh, what a great remake. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is actually quite a surprise. It's actually quite a surprise because especially when you profess so much love for an original, I think with most people, the truth is that if you really, really love the original of a film and if they make years later a sequel or a remake or anything like that, your default setting is to hate it. As, yeah. But uh, but that's most people. But you, Sean, particularly, you hate the fact whenever somebody touches a film you love. So tell me, Dawn of the Dead remake, what won you over? What the heck? How, um, how, how can they remake I, a classic and you can still like it? I think it was one of these movies where I thought, oh, no, they're going to do a remake. I suppose I better go and see it because see how disaster it is. So you know what you talk about when you slate it? Yeah, when you slate it, I thought, I'm going to slate this movie. I'm going to hate it. It's going to be awful. I went there and I thought, oh, well, the, the opening title's great. I think the opening credits, there's a man. And it sort of builds you out. And I thought, oh, this looks interesting. And it starts off, it starts off with like just normal, happy nurse family sort of situation. And then, and they've got a lovely family with daughter and they're asleep one night. And then all of a sudden, father looks up, sees his daughter. And he goes, you okay, honey? And she goes, Rah! and she <laughs> leaps at him. And 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 then th- that's when the titles start. This, this the girl escapes, and she's looking all around. It's like all this mayhem going on. She gets in the car. Someone tries to get in the car. She crashes the car, and she wakes up. Well, once she crashes the car, that's when the the titles come over. And then uh, they wake up. She meets up with a bunch of people. They find this uh, 
find find the shopping mall mm-hmm. and decide that they're gonna stay at the shopping mall. But in this, the zombies are super fast. So they're the, like they're the runny. They're, they're the runny, runny type. Zombies. They're the runny zombies. They're yeah. the, they're the sort. So they're not yet yeah, sort of wobbly about things. They're, they're not as they're, they don't have that comedy no, element. They don't have the comedy element. They're the, they're the, they're the sort of parkour, parkour, um, free running cardio pilates zombies that's yes. the ones yeah yeah they're like really fast and you know there's a few like you're saying about burt reynolds burt yeah. reynolds pops up i must it? have yeah. got that that's where i got confused because yeah. i remember that i loved that scene well there's one guy who's over the Jay road Lino. he's mm. stuck in a gun shop yeah and he's a, like a sniper so he sits on the roof of his building and they're on the other side of the road in their shopping mall on the top of their building yeah and there's this herd of zombies there's a thousand zombies all milling about outside their buildings and so because they're bored all the time what they do is they will write down to this guy and hold up a sign saying Burt Reynolds and then you see his sniper scope pan across the crowd of zombies and there's a zombie that looks just like Burt Reynolds <laughs> Jay Lino is another one and they, do, yeah. and they have all these char- they, people they say kill the and then, they, <laughs> then he shoots that particular zombie so they just like do target practice Man, with all these, these zombies <laughs> Yes. And it's a really funny moment, yeah, when they said Burt Reynolds, and you think Burt Reynolds, and then you see this zombie, <laughs> which is like Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds, you know, he's got the hair, the tash, everything. Also, I like some of the characters in this. There's a, there's yes, a lot of characters. There's a good character that, development in it, actually. Yeah, More, really... I think that's why it does match up with yeah. the original, because it isn't just these vignettes of people, all these, oh, here's the, the good guy, here's the bad guy, here's the blonde woman, here's the dark woman, mm. here's the child. It's they're actually all the characters are quite realised and there's like the pregnant woman in this so yep. you've got the creepy pregnant zombie yep. baby thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's, um, yeah no you're exactly right there's some great characters in it you know and, and sometimes they change as well don't they there's like yes. a transformation with them so I mean originally there's the one guy who's like the, the security guard at the shopping mall who's yeah. just like a real total you know idiot really and he's like doesn't want anything to do with them oh let's lock them up all that but in the end he turns into into a good guy you know one of the oh, good yeah. guys he's quite yeah. efficient yeah quite, quite efficient yeah he's like everybody likes him at the end yeah. like you hate him to start with and you end up liking him a bit like carol i guess yeah but like in the real like the first film the realization what what was their refuge becomes their trap trap exactly, and so again yeah. but you but you see them trying to work out how what to do and that becomes a big part of the film and how they can get out of their trap mm-hmm. rather than just mm wait for it to fall apart they actively try to seek a new solution to their their problems all right cool so usually when there's a remake done like i know we've spoken about this with the italian job for one yeah. uh, we've spoken about italian job we've spoken about this with the assault on precinct 13 oh, win- <laughs> <laughs> we've spoken about this with the, with those remakes and um and after after you've especially with you sean after you've gotten over the the whole annoyance of the assault on precinct 13 remake you said okay look good you eventually said good enough film or okay enough film film yeah but they just shouldn't have called it they shouldn't have called it Assault precinct 13 they should, could have called it anything else you know the siege or well that's been done yeah. a few yeah. times but if they'd have called it something different I, then i probably wouldn't have minded but it just okay. made me really angry and same thing with the italian job so they remake yeah. the italian job and it's like good enough film but it shouldn't have been called the italian job it should have called it something else i don't yeah. know yeah. Minis take over Venice or something like that. There's also another we- remake called The Mechanic. Jason yes, Statham, have you seen yeah. that? Well, the yeah. original is with Charles Bronson yeah, and Jean Michael Vincent, which is so they could have called that a different. I don't know yeah. why they keep calling but, it, you know. But with this, you're not annoyed about the. No, you, I'm not annoyed you're about not, this. You're not saying, oh, 
good enough film, but they should have called it something different, not Dawn of the Dead. No, this is this is good, Dawn of the Dead. I'm waiting for another one. I'm hoping yeah. because it ends. It ends. It's a great ending. Yeah, it is a good ending. So. And I think the fact that it works is because it takes obviously of they're of they're of their time. So mm-hmm. they look at the so they like talking about the consumerism. They look at what drives the consumerism. So the George A. Romero zombie things, you can see their motivation and what the the filmmaker is trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And I think in a similar way, it they, they've updated it. So the things that motivate the the twi- the, the noughties crowd and the naughty zombies it's, there's slightly different motivations there and it works I think it taps into that what are our weaknesses and it yeah. holds a mirror up to our societies in, in a similar way in each film yeah because they're there aren't they but they've got they've, they've got TVs <laughs> where it was in the original in the original Dawn of the Dead there's like one little tiny TV yeah. I think and a radio you know an old transistor radio in this one they've got the big widescreen TVs a, all and, gadgets and, and it's all updated you know and um, yeah, and it's just as hollow as the first one it's just one. as hollow as the first one yeah exactly yeah. So it's essentially taking the central ideas and we're just moving them a couple of decades. Yeah, yeah, and updating in every way. So their their home lives are different. They're obviously they've given them a bit of a backstory and what the different characters, what drew them to them all again gives them a different backstory. So it it moves with the time, so it's updated without losing the spirit and the sensibility of the first film. And directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah. Who who's who's doing like well he did Superman the latest Superman, Superman movie yeah. and is doing the new Superman versus Batman film, and uh, on talking about a sequel, Zack Snyder wanted to make a sequel for for this. It was going to be called Army of the Dead, and it was going to be a direct sequel to this oh, film because there's an Evil Dead film that's called Evil Dead Army, Army of, of Darkness. the Dead Army of Darkness Army sorry of Darkness, and so it was it was going to be called Army of the Dead and they were going, but then he got the gig to direct Watchmen. Oh, oh right so, so he, he went was, off so down that the, path so he went off down that path and he left this and also the the original script for this which is which might be part of the reason why it's so good and why it's so it was written by James Gunn who is the same guy who directed um, Guardians of the Galaxy oh wow oh right so okay, good yeah, so good yeah. antecedents then for yeah. this one well yeah well and I think he he's the kind of person who he also did a he did a movie called if we talk about horror movies called Slither Slither yeah he, mm. he wrote and directed Slither and that's with Sharon Stone isn't it no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's, that's Sliver. 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 That's Sliver. <laughs> different film altogether. Very, very, very different movies. <laughs> very different <laughs> My movies. faux pas, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it did, um, and so I think he has this real sort of like idea. He has this real feel for, okay, this is what it was. He's, he's probably a big zombie nut himself. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pay homage to this, but we're going to move things along forward. I think he's, he's really, really good at that. So, um, Sean, you mentioned the opening of this film. Yeah. So, do you want to? Do, uh, we got a song here from the opening, but do you want to just explain what's happening, what, hap- what happens in the opening, and then we'll play the song. Okay. In 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 the opening, in the opening credits, um, basically, you see these scenes of, of riots and planes and soldiers, and you've got like these news clips of you know they're, they're saying, I mean, is this is this airborne? We don't know. Um, is this a military or or you know civilian hazard both and and so you've got this narration over this song that plays which i assume you're going to put on are you yeah, we're going to put on, yeah. and there's a famous johnny cash song played over the top uh, with all these things going on so i think you really need to see it to to enjoy it but it's it's great if you can just picture all these uh, all these riots all these shootings aircraft and a guy chatting, that's that's basically what it's all about, saying what's going on. 
Okay, so here's Johnny Cash with When the Man Comes Around. One of the four beasts saying, come and see, and I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names. With that, thank you so much, guys, for joining me today. We're out of time. This is the end of a Halloween show. We made it through. <laughs> and until the next time, please do take it easy. Listen to your doctors. Get out of the hospital. Get to the cinema. And remember that, as always, guys, all together, they don't make them like they used to. Thank you very much. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.